Rajanya Paramita Arta Sutra The Bodhisattva of Great Compassion When Deeply Practicing Pranya Paramita Realized that five aggregates are empty and became free from all suffering and distress. O Sariputra, form does not differ from emptiness. Emptiness does not differ from form. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. The same is true of sensation, perception, impulses, and consciousness. O Sariputra, They do not appear or disappear, are not tainted, do not increase or decrease, therefore in emptiness. No form, no sensation, no perceptions, no impulses, no consciousness, no eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no form, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no object of mind, no realm of eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, or mind consciousness, no ignorance, no extinction of ignorance, no old age and death, no extinction of them, no suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment with nothing to attain. The Bodhisattva relies on prana paramita. Therefore, the mind has no hindrance. Without any hindrance, no fears exist. Free from delusion, one dwells in the Albana. All Buddhas of the past, present, and future rely on prana paramita and attain supreme enlightenment. Therefore, know that prana paramita is the great mantra, is the great enlightening mantra, is the unsurpassed and unequal mantra, which is able to eliminate all suffering. This is true, Nafur. So proclaim the Pranya Paramita Mantra, which says, Gone, gone, gone beyond, far beyond, now awaken, kate, kate, para, kate, prasham, kate, bodhisvaha. Okay, thank you. If you read uh, this uh, Prajunya, Paramitharta Sutra, and you think uh, it does not make sense uh, at all, then you get it right. <laughs> what can be sure that we have uh, eyes, ears, and nose, tongue, body, and mind, but the Heart Sutra says, uh, no eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind. 
as long as、uh, we are on Earth, we cannot see very clearly the Earth is round. Only after when you go out of the Earth, you can see the real shape of the Earth. It is round, not the flat. So only after you become free from all your thoughts, dualistic thought that arises from your idea of ego entity, you can grasp the ultimate reality or self. So that's we contemplate at this retreat. Several American scientists experimented the verbal communication ability of animals. They trained chimpanzee for several years so that it can eventually memorize and command almost fifty English words. They're very excited. What a chimpanzee would say? What could be its first sentence? What does he really want to say? Maybe it can be, "I'm thirsty," or "I want a banana," and so on. Do you know what that chimpanzee? Said, "Let me out." <laughs> that chimpanzee. That's a precious thing. They invest a lot of money, so probably it was well fed and taken care of very well. But what that chimpanzee really wanted was he would like to get out of the. Cage. Why people want a divorce or would like to change their occupation, or would like to go somewhere during our vacation? From one perspective, it is one aspect of saying. Let me out. But the problem is,、uh, people does not know exactly how they would、uh, get out of the prison, our mental prison. When you read the Zen book, probably in the first chapter. You may read, encounter this story. Bodhidharma is the founder of Chinese Zen Buddhism. When Bodhidharma was meditating in the cave, one day he was visited by one young person. He was a pretty well-known Confucian scholar. And Hega asked, 
My mind is not at easy. My mind is not comfortable with so many worries. Master, please pacify my mind. Please send my mind to rest. Then what did the Bodhidharma reply? Show me your uneasy mind. Show me uneasy mind. The young man hesitated for a moment in order to show the master his uneasy mind. And he tried to look for that mind to show it to the teacher. But it's very hard <laughs> to show his uneasy mind. So he replied, Master, I cannot show you my uneasy mind. Then the master replied, then I already pacified your mind. That's the number one story in Zen. At the moment, that young man attained his first awakening. He later became the second patriarch of Zen Buddhism. They say, when a dog is hit by a stone, the dog chases after the stone. When the lion is hit by a stone, the lion chases after the person who cast the stone. So, what is the essence of Bodhidharma's teaching? That Hegar asked. He was curious. He would like to know why I worry, why I suffer. But Bodhidharma would like to show or pinpoint. You need to know who suffers. Who suffers? The reality, the entity that feels the suffering and the happiness. So Harker Sutra says, when Bodhisattva of great compassion, when he was practicing Pranaparamita, realized that all five aggregates, five aggregates are our body and mind, Sensations, perceptions, impulses, and the consciousness are empty and became free from all suffering and distress. In other words, when we know the reality of ourselves, then we can be free from all suffering and distress. So our second head Dharma Master, Venerable Chongsan, said, the first passage is the essence of Heart Sutra. Heart Sutra is the essence of all Buddhist scripture. That's why in the Mayana Buddhist temple, whenever they have a service, they always chant Heart Sutra. The original title of Heart Sutra is Prajanya Paramita Heart Sutra. Sutra is a scripture or the path. Heart 
which is our internal organs. So Heart Sutra means essential scripture or essential path. Pramita means crossing over, moving from the shore of suffering to the shore of nirvana, paramita. Prajna means innate wisdom, innate wisdom. There are a lot of words, Sanskrit words, that says knowledge or wisdom. So prajna is one of them. It's translated as innate wisdom. For example, in English, we have knowledge. When you listen to my talk, when you read something, you learn something, that's the knowledge. But you start to contemplate what you rather start to internalize and become your own thing. When you experience that again and again, it will become your wisdom. That's your thing. But there is another level of wisdom, so-called prajna. Pra means just like the English word, pre, it's before, foremost, first. Jnana means the wisdom. It is the wisdom that's already inherent with our mind, which you do not have to cultivate or experience. So just like the sun is always there, whether it's cloudy or or windy. But why prajna is important? It has some power. Prajna itself is the light. So when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, it's the same thing, light. However, you study hard the psychology, the study of the mind, I don't think it would help greatly to break, for example, your bad habit. That knowledge may not be very helpful. But when you start to understand our original mind, our true self, then we can become very naturally let go of our attachments, cravings, be free from bad habits, and so on. Prajna has that kind of power. So the Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra literally means the essential teaching to go over to Nirvana. How? By means of a Prajna. By realizing our true self. That's the meaning of the title. Five aggregates are empty. We are composed of body and mind. Mind is a little subtle, so Buddha classified into four domains. Sensations, perceptions, impulses, and consciousness. 
Let's just think about what is the characteristic or the nature of our body and mind. Form means that it's a physical body as well as all phenomena in this world. Oh, the microphone, gong, which has some physical form. When I was in elementary school, in the yard, in the winter, I happened to find a very small bird, which was frozen to death. I felt a little sorry for that little bird. I buried the dead into the ground. The next year, probably almost one year passed, one day I was very curious about the about that bird. Was that still there? So I picked up the dirt and I was very surprised. There was no bird there. I thought my sister moved that bird to another place. <laughs> well, I did the so another place around it. But my brother was in the junior high, told me. I think that little bird got already decayed and disappeared. So I thought to myself, wow, nobody touched that bird, but it automatically disappears. It's so strange to me. Later, I discovered everything is changing, not that little bird. The sun, star, this tree gone. Some is changing pretty slow, like this kind of some harder thing, or bone. But everything is constantly changing into another form. It's impermanent. Think about this body. It arises because on some condition of what I eat, what I drink, because of my parents, I come in this world. Everything arises on some causes and conditions and eventually disappear. That's the natural characteristic of all form, all phenomena. How about sensations, perceptions, impulses, and consciousness? For example, sensation. When I see Kathy, for example, wow, she wears a black pants. It's a black, it's a sensation. Perceptions, probably it's a such and such a brand depending on my experience, a thought can arise. I should buy it after this retreat. That's impulse. Where should I go? I should ask that kind of thought become embedded in my mind, in our consciousness. So think about what are the characteristics of sensations, perceptions, impulses, and consciousness. 
they all arise on a certain condition. For example, when my eyes come in contact with some form, some visual sensation arise. Depending on that sensation, some perceptions arise. For example, wow, that must be very expensive brand, for example. Our impulse can be followed. I should buy it. Whatever. And it's embedded in our consciousness. Korean Zen master Gyeongbong asked to his students after the retreat, Zen, three months of Zen retreat, and so, for example, would you come to me? And when he, the student sit in front of him, show me your hand. Then he, with his hand, make a clapping sound, and yes, bring me back the sound. Then how to reply? Bring me back the sound. You cannot bring it back. It already disappeared. Yeah, you can. You can make the sound again. It's a very profound reality. Everything is constantly changing into another form. Nothing has a substance, inherent existence. They cannot exist in and of itself, whether it's your thoughts or emotions or physical things. They cannot have any inherent existence, which have some in, intrinsic characteristic. That's the meaning of why five aggregates are empty. Empty of, when you see the original Sanskrit, empty of substance, intrinsic nature. When you see, for example, your photo that's taken when you are in junior high, seeing the photo, you can say, well, that's me. That's me means your body, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Or think about our uses of our world. For example, my mind or my body. We believe or presuppose there is some entity where your body and mind belong. Just like when we have a tree, one root or one trunk comes out, lots of branches. My teacher, when she was very young, she asked for teacher, who is a very respected Zen master. So the typical Zen question, what is mine? What is mine? Then the master replied, your speech, your question, you're saying 
ease your mind. But she asked again, no. My thing, my words comes from my mind. How do you think? You still think uh, you're saying your word, my word comes from your mind? That's what we need to investigate. Why we have that kind of idea of ego entity or sense of a self? Sense of a self. It's one of the reason is we are fooled by the language that we use, especially uh, some concepts, which is uh, the building block for our communication. I usually ask uh, this question in order to tell the difference. What is a concept? What is the reality? So let me ask this question. Does the Fruit, fruit really exists. Fruit. You eat some fruit for breakfast. So Beth, how do you think? Does the fruit really exist? <laughs> if it does not exist, you, can, you could not eat. Yeah. But let us think in this way. What's really existent is apple, pear, kiwi, watermelon, and so on. Fruit is a concept for a certain category. What really exists is some particular fruit. Then let me ask you again, does the then apple really exist? Apple. In the same way, what really exists is Macintosh, Gala, Honey Crispy, Red Delicious, some particular type of apple. Likewise, what really exists when we say I, 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 our life is based on I, my, me. What really exists is form, sensations, impulses, and consciousness. What is the characteristic of these five aggregates? It's constantly changing. It's impermanent. It does not have any inherent exist. It arises and ceases depending on cause and conditions. In other words, self, I, is just a name, not the reality. We have to see it very clearly. What I say, what you listen, is just using our intelligence. When you read the original Sanskrit, realize the five aggregates are empty. Realize is a 
quite a free translation. Sma, Sanskrit, Sma literally means see very clearly. See very clearly. So, can you get my word, my speech comes from my mind? That's the wrong answer. Even though we think in that way, your speech is your mind. That's the correct answer. At this retreat, contemplate that. So read and contemplate this Heart Sutra on and off. So let me quote one Buddha's word. Buddha told the Sariputra, the most wise disciple of Buddha, form is simply a name, likewise sensations, perception, memory, and consciousness are simply names, Sariputra. The self is simply a name. There is no self that can ever be found, and it cannot be found because it is empty. how our concept distorts our mind. It becomes an obstacle for us to see the reality as they are. Let me tell you my experience. When I worked at one institute, we pre-ministers took a turn to preside morning meditation. But in that meditation hall, the table clock, the tick-tock sound, it was too loud. I could not concentrate in the morning meditation. So I went to the Willow Grove to buy very quiet digital table clock. You called that tick-tock, tick-tock. My English was very low at the time, the first. Do you know in Korean how tic-tac is pronounced? Tok-tac. We call that tok-tac. So I, I went to the store and asked, is there any tablecloth that does not make a loud tok-tac sound? But he could understand why. But the funny thing is, to the ears of Korean, it actually sounds like a tok-tok. To you, it sounds like a tik-tok. Even though each and every clock's sound is different. In Korean, the sound of a pig, we call that kul-kul. You call that oink-oink. It depends on the type of a pig. Some pigs are young or depending on its mood, it always makes a different sound. But to you, it actually sounds like very close to oink. To Koreans, it sounds like gul Because that concept is already embedded in our mind. Likewise, 
concept actually distort our mind. That's why meditation is very important to see the reality, to be free from all concepts and thoughts. So when physical and the mental aggregates gets are working together, the idea of ego entity, sense of a self is created. We tend to think there is some that invisible entity that's a pure illusion and delusion. So we need to contemplate these things. When you peel off onions, let's say, what is the reality, ultimate reality of an onion? In order to investigate that, you can peel off all the layers of an onion, one by one. What do you get eventually, at last? Eh? Nothing. Onion is just the aggregates of all layers. There is no poor being. Likewise, you are just the aggregate. Body, sensations, impulses, and the consciousness. There is no core. Your experience does not belong to anybody. From this life to that life, from this moment to that moment, Nothing, nothing is carried on in the same way. That's why in Buddhism they say, I, ego, is not the object of a hatred. It is the object of a investigation. If you investigate, just like you investigate water, H2O, and you can understand it. When we investigate the reality of ourselves, then, as the Heart Sutra says, we can be free from all suffering and distress. It does not say our suffering and dis distress will become alleviated. We can sever the root of a suffering. That's why Awakening, enlightenment is uh, that important. Buddhism, the original word, literally means the teaching or the path of enlightenment. So what's the, the last passage of the Heart Sutra? Kate kate, parakate, parashankate bodhisattva. It's that Sanskrit means gone, gone, gone to the other shore. What an awakening. So in this last paragraph, which Buddha really would like to say to his students to save them. So Buddha asks us, let us reflect where our mind is going, where our life is going. Is that going to the shore of enlightenment or not? So that is a less interesting 
word. So during the, the retreat, it, takes, it may take decades, not years, to understand the meaning of the heart. The more we understand that, the more we will have the freedom of mind. So let's contemplate Heart Sutra and let's contemplate the direction of our life during this retreat. Thank you.